Hello, I'm Taj, digitally known as Tropic Vibes, the host of Nifty Business, where we highlight NFTs and explore Web 3.0 as we move from pure speculation to creating real-world value. So I've taken part in all sorts of whitelists, pre-sales, allow lists, whatever you want to call it these days. But yesterday I took part in one that was very interesting. I was approved getting into the process of it. It was very unique and it really stood out to me. And as a marketer, I really appreciated some of the things that they did. And I'm going to highlight the different elements that I thought was just really different than anything I've ever seen in this space. And of course, I'm going to mention certain areas that I think needs a little bit more polishing out and really need some work going forward. So I was listening to Tony Payne's podcast, the NFT talk show. And if you're not familiar with who Tony Payne is, she is a photographer, spoken word poet, a podcaster. Obviously, I said I was listening to her podcast and she had a following already before Web3. She came into the whole NFT space, collecting, putting up her photography and so forth and just working with all her different contacts, the following that she already had. But then she also spun off and sort of took on this whole Web3 life. But on her talk show, which is obviously a very niche community. She has a hundred and some odd thousand over on her Tony Payne page, but then her talk show NFT folks are probably less than a thousand. So with that, she actually had a free mint that was going to do different things, had a little bit more touch points for her fans of the podcast and people that like listening to her and interacting her with her within this whole Web3 space. And it's going to be a free mint. So I thought that was very interesting that she decided to do this pre-sale process and even how she announced it. This was never put out on Twitter. It was done through the podcast. So right there, it's narrowing down all those people. As I said, she has over 100,000 people over on her private one. And then she has has about 500 or so on her podcast profile. And then within the podcast now, however many listens that would be, I would imagine some percentage of that 500, which is the following the podcast. Well, they're the diehard fans that are going to be listening to the show, especially in this down market. So uh, I just want to thank you that are listening to the show because listening for all NFT content across the board, crypto content is down significantly. And as far as the people that were listening to this, that were able to hear the information about it, the only place that they were going to hear it was on the podcast. Well, now this podcast as well. So I guess you could say the secret is out, but I assume anyone that really was listening to it, they would tell other people and so forth. But definitely the whole point of it was to really narrow it down to the people that were listening, because at the end of the day, the utility for this thing is something that one of her podcast listeners would be interested in. This is not some sort of general appeal, mass market Freemint, she said she's going to uh, limit it to maybe about four or 500 people. And that's based on the number of the people that are following the page on Twitter. And as far as just the people that are really interested in the utility. And in order to get this, the information, the link for actually signing up for that, she directed the people towards the Discord. And love, hate, we all know how Discord is. But I thought it was very interesting that she only put the link to sign up for that Freemint pre-sale spot in the discord it was not in the show notes or anything the only thing that she put in her show notes was the link to her discord so once i go to the discord i go in there i sign up which of course even though i listened to the show i was not in the discord so that is one check right there she got me to come into her discord then i realized that she was doing it using a platform by the name of heymint.xyz or if you're in jamaica such as myself the uk and most other english-speaking countries xyz but as far as this this is the first time i've ever been on this particular web Website using this platform, and I saw that they have over 1,000 allow lists, 44,000 collectors, and 155,000 entries that have been used 
or submitted, I should say, on this platform, which was very interesting to me. So this is not something that literally just started up. They have been doing this for a little while now. And when I go on to this, the specific drop page or the, the pre-sale page signing up to get on this list, it showed the requirements, which were connected Twitter, Discord, the wallet address and your email address. And the Twitter part was just very straightforward. That was like signing into anything. You know, you connect your Twitter or your Facebook or your Google to sign into a lot of apps. Well, with this, you just do that using your Twitter and then you connect with your Discord. So that's like what you do a lot of times when you are verifying your ownership and so forth and getting that role within the Discord. That same process is basically how this was set up. Now, the interesting thing was as far as verifying the wallet, how they did this now was not having you sign anything, which I thought was cool in the sense that how they did it was they required you to go over to your OpenSea and change your username to a unique code that they were giving you. And then once you went and clicked and they were able to verify which wallet it was, it just simply looked on the OpenSea to see if that little code was in the username. And then once it verified, it could change it back to whatever username you're having. So with that said, I was using a burner wallet anyway, so I actually had no uh, username there, so I didn't have to worry about losing my username in case, I don't know, one of the 5,000 people are still on OpenSea decided to say, hey, he changed his username, I wanna grab it now. Within those split seconds, I mean, it's very unlikely, but anyways, I was using a burner wallet which didn't have any kind of uh, username anyways, so just putting that up there for a second and okay, changing it back after it was verified. And then the last and final step was putting in your email address. And then you had to get that little confirmation email, just like you're signing up for anything, click it, verified, you're on the list. And it says you are approved, you're on this list. Now, this whole process took about 10 minutes. And the longest part by far was the whole OpenSea thing, because I've never seen anything like that going over to OpenSeas, using that little code, putting it in there. Well, I shouldn't say I've never seen anything like that. I should say in Web3, I've never seen anything like that. Setting up various websites and proving to Google or whichever platform that this is my website, I do have access to it. They normally make you put a little code in there so that they can track it to see that you actually have the admin capabilities. And that's basically what they're doing here. They wanna make sure that obviously, if you are changing the username in OpenSea, that means you have access to the wallet. So rather than connecting the wallet to their site and opening you up for that and all the scrutiny, of course, taking on that liability, all they're having you do is change the username to that unique code, the identifier. So obviously you have access to the wallet. Therefore, it's all on OpenSea to keep that secure and everything. So they really took themselves out of the equation for that, which is very interesting. And I thought it was a smart move. And I like that. I didn't have to sign with anything. But either way, as I said, this was a burner wallet. But the one thing that I know a lot of people might have issues with is then putting in your email address. Granted, if you already use your Twitter or your Discord, putting in an email address is whatever. Because most likely, you probably, if you're that concerned about it, you have your burner Twitter, your burner Discord, and your burner email anyways with the burner wallet. So all of these things could be burner. But I will say that could be a concern, not only the time, the 10 minutes, but the cons that really from this whole thing are, yes, the time that it actually takes, 10 minutes to do all of that. And it is kind of a hard ask for a newbie. So let's just say this is someone who listened to the podcast for the very first time because they might know her photographs or might know her from a Twitter space or whatever. They decide to hop in and say, hey, you know what? This is a free one. This might be my very first NFT. Why not? I like listening to her speak. So let me go get her pre-mint or pre-pass, whatever this was, and let me sign up for it. Well, that is a tough ask for a complete newbie. 
And there was really not much explanation. I guess it was just under the assumption that you are someone that was already in the space and would be able to just navigate all that within a couple minutes, which I was. But at the same time, too, a lot of these things is going to scare away a lot of the OGs that want to remain anonymous, right? Some of these new people that are used to just only being in Web2, signing up with everything, using your Facebook, your Google, and all those things that I said earlier, well, they're not as reluctant with sharing your information because they don't necessarily have a couple thousand dollars or a couple million dollars worth of NFTs in a bag and they want to remain anonymous and they're trying to do all that stuff off the radar and, you know, all that stuff, which is was especially very popular about six months ago. It's not as popular now, however. Well, that's mainly because a lot of people just dropped out of the space, but it was much more of a concern earlier. And for those people, they're not going to necessarily want to do all that. But as I said, you could always use burner everythings and then just get that NFT and then do whatever you want with it, right? Just use that burner one to have that access. But as far as all of this goes anyways, the addition of a third party into this whole whitelist process is something that could be a concern. Of course, if you're going to use PreMint or any of the other ones, there's always that sharing between the two parties. Of course, there is going to be the project itself that is putting out this list, but then there's also the platform that this is built on as opposed to having your own contract or your own thing that was built in-house to really facilitate all of that. Using a platform such as this is sharing that information with both parties. So, With the whole security thing again and sharing your information out there, that is one of those things that is very quote unquote web two, right? But then also just the complexity of all of this. I mean, there's probably two or three times during this whole process that I just want to say, I forget this, like it's not even worth it. Obviously, there's not a money play going here. So it's like, why am I going to go through all of this just to get this free mint, get on the pre-sale or pre-list or whatever it is? And I'm just like, you know what? This is this is a little bit annoying. Now, granted, this is only 10 minutes, <laughs> but, you know, as someone who is a little bit more comfortable with the space than, say, someone who might have only been in the space for a month or two, that was a little frustrating for even I for me. And at certain points, I decided to just go forward because, number one, I wanted to go through the whole process to see how it was, see if this is something I should consider using or if nothing else, it was just to make a podcast episode and report about it. But I wanted to get access to Tony also. I listened to the podcast and I was like, okay, this is cool. This is something that was great. And who knows, maybe this will turn into some sort of a collaboration or who knows, but I definitely wanted it and just wanted to go through this whole process. So it was like a win-win through the whole thing, going through it. As I said, it took me about 10 minutes, not too terrible, but at the same time, not too fast. But there's a whole thing with as far as online commerce or e-commerce as far as sales and something that is called conversion rates, the amount of people that start the process or get to the actual page where all this information is and how many people actually go through and complete the task. Well, as far as the level of complexity, that's going to have a very low conversion rate. I can assume that more than half the people that start this process end up just backing away because they're like, yeah, after looking at all these things, like this is too much, like it's not worth it to me. So the good thing about that though, let's, you know, that brings us over to the cons because obviously lower conversions, that is a bad thing. However, anyone that is going to go through all of this stuff is truly a diehard fan. This is someone that really wants his stuff. And of course, seeing that it is a free mint, that is something that just draws in any and anybody that just might try to get this. And let's just say, I'll try to flip this a little bit more than what I paid for in gas, even if I only make two, $3. Cool. Great. That is two, $3 I didn't have. There's people all over the world that two, $3 is a life-saving thing that might be the meal for they have for the day or whatever. So that is something worth it for them. But what happens with that is a lot of people 
people that are not really interested in the utility, the project itself, or going through this, but anyone that's going to actually sit and do all these different steps for a free mint that's probably not going to have much resale value whatsoever is someone that really wants this. And you know, the process is relatively straightforward. Like all the information is there. It is tab by tab and section by section. And I do like it a lot more than those ones when you have to tweet and do all those points, because at the end of the day, you can just delete all of those things after the fact, you know, you can just pretend to sign up for it and follow it on YouTube and so forth. And guilty. I've done that before for projects that I just want to see the whole process, especially in the summer. That was a big thing. They'll, you, you know, you'll get 10 points for signing up for uh, the following them on YouTube. You'll get 50 points for Twitter. You'll get a hundred points for Instagram because web three people aren't over on Instagram. So they're trying to give that one a little bit more weight and different things like that, signing up, getting into the discord, you'll get these points. And then once you get to a thousand points, then you can get the pre-sale and get on the list or whatever. And that was a terrible model to me. I absolutely hated it. So I love this a lot more and going through all these steps. It is nothing too ridiculous, nothing too spammy. However, yes, it was time consuming, but as I said, it's not too terrible relatively straightforward and this has been a proven thing 1000 lists that are on this platform it is not something that just started up i wasn't on the first one that they've ever had or anything and nothing's wrong with being the first but it's cool to see that they've had a thousand different projects use it and or i shouldn't say a thousand projects they've had a thousand different drops that were registered using this whole process and i thought that was very interesting 150 5,000 entries. That's quite impressive in my opinion. There's a lot of data there, a lot of tests to see how this is working, what could be tweaked, what could be changed. So overall, I would say it is a lot better than having those Discord grinds that we're used to say six, seven, eight months ago when you had to do all sorts of tasks and basically live in a Discord and rack up all those points. And that was just horrible altogether. So this is way better. And going back to the whole proving the diehard fans and all that stuff, there's something that we like to say over in marketing when we say that if you're not selling something, putting a price on it, charging for this, whatever information or product that's you know, physical, something that you have to ship out, well, you're going to have to pay for it in time or data, right? Well, that is Facebook's business model, most social media platforms, but as small marketers or business owners, what we mean by that is, okay, we're gonna give you something for free, but we would like you to fill out this survey. We'd like you to tell us about these particular things, maybe give us some input. It might just be a questionnaire, like saying, let's say I am a someone who uh, is getting ready to teach a class on solving small business problems. Well, before you can get into that class, which is going to be free, I might ask you a couple questions that says something like, what is the greatest challenge that you are facing in your business right now? What would you like to learn the most out of this class? And a few things like that. And what that does is giving the instructor, the business, whoever's running this, putting this thing on for absolutely free, gives them some insights to say, okay, you know what? A lot of people said the number one thing that they're having is how to negotiate salaries. Well, that was not supposed to be a part of the presentation, but now it is. So things like that, having people pay with their time, their information, their data, not necessarily something like completely evil, like, you know, we're selling data and trying to get dollars for it, but no, just getting that information in order to tailor the message and be able to better serve that audience, that customer, that person who's filling out this information, that's what we mean by. And in this, I think it does that. It, you're getting all those different touch points, the email address, the wallet, and so forth, social media. And it does help you paint a better picture of what your community is like. So anyone that is launching something like this or using something like this to launch is going to have a much better feel, a pulse of their community. 
as they kind of paint a digital picture of what's going on than someone who's just, you know, throwing something out there in the market and hoping for the best. So I would love to know, what are your thoughts on all this? I know I kind of ran through a lot. There's pros, there's cons, and it is a little bit different. I thought it was pretty interesting. And of course, nothing is perfect, but I'd like to know, what are your thoughts on this? Please feel free to reach out to me at Tropic Vibes on Twitter. Let me know if you think this is more appealing to the creator side, you know, the project that is launching this stuff, or is this something that has appeal for collectors both. What are your thoughts on that? Please feel free to let me know. But as usual, I just want to thank you for taking time to listen to this as we're learning and building Web3 together. So until next time, later. The Nifty Business Show is not investment advice. It provides insights and information within the space. As with anything, please do your own research before making a decision whether you're making an investment or a purchase.